0: Episode 149. I'm your host, Mike Apps, AK Wheels, and with me, as always,
1: uh, rated R superstar, Family master, David McBurney, and not
2: mu- not watching much anything R-rated these days. Your man, pen, Michael Baker, Gaijima Jiminogitari. Yes,
1: it was a wrestling joke. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fair. I just that's why I felt the need to point it out.
0: Oh. Uh, oh, no, the MeVerse service has ended. can't believe it. Which service? Uh,
1: the old Wii U service. There was also a 3DS version of it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Mm. My reaction
2: would be, it was still around. <laughs> uh, it ended like two years ago. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, what have y'all, y'all been playing? I have... I had planned on playing some Atelier, but that hasn't happened yet.
1: It's nice to want things. Yes. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore?
0: Pound FE?
1: No, it's sharp. It's a musical notation.
2: It's only the pound sign because of an issue with different keyboards on the telegraph lines trans-oceanically.
1: Yeah, but it's also slightly differently uh, rendered when you're doing it. They're the same shape, but they're like angled differently. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So the point is being that it's hashtag F.E.
1: (laughs) Octothorpe F.E. Mm -hmm. Got a million of them. Oh, you're playing Xenoblade X. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, but uh, that game fits quite nicely on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Sharpify? Yes.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Looks great, plays great. I have no idea what content in it is new. Does it you... matter?
0: Nope. Uh,
1: I'm interested. Just as an academic situation of like, well, what did they add? You know, it it is fun. It opens. I forgot how quickly uh, Sharp FE opens. Like you're S- in a dungeon within ten minutes.
0: Yeah, surprising considering it's kind of it's a bit Persona-ish. It's just like here's a dungeon, and your characters are like, yeah, we're gonna transform.
1: I think that a lot of it is to do with the fact that Persona typically has a lot of place-setting of, like, this is what daily life looks like, and this is what's being interrupted. But because the social sim elements in Sharp FE are much lighter, uh, and don't connect to, like, a clock, it makes more sense that they don't need to, like, show you what daily life is being interrupted, because they don't care as much about that.
0: Sure, I think <laughs> that, that, and in general, the game is a lot more, a lot less uh, realistic than... Persona is, which
1: is a which is a weird thing to say given, we're <laughs> right. We right, but but here it we is are. much less interested in grounding. Yes, I wouldn't say realistic, but less grounded. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm. I still remember the start of Persona 4, where it was like over an hour before you actually got to the first fight because you had to see the main character moving into the new town and talking to somebody at a gas station and seeing his new room and things like that and high school experience
1: yeah I think I think on a good run I could usually if I like this is without skipping dialogue if I wasn't skipping dialogue on a good run in Persona 4 I could probably get to the first proper dungeon in like two and a half hours it's uh it's a lot of game there yeah yeah uh, it's still really neat. It feels like the the session system is kind of like a mix between the Radiant Historia battle system uh, concept and like if follow-up attacks and Shin Megami, tra- Stra- Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey weren't completely useless.
0: Hmm.
1: So hmm. that uh, that first bit. Uh, kind of makes sense since uh, TMS was made by the Radiant Historia team.
0: Interesting.
1: It's the reason that originally Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology was announced as a Vita game. Was it? Yeah, there was a Radiant Historia Vita game like announced in like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. And that version got shelved so that they could work on Sharp FE. Hmm. And uh, by the time they got done with it, they were like, Hmm, making this on Vita seems like a bad use of money. And so it got brought back as a 3DS game. Mm -hmm.
0: Making a game on Vita? Not making any money? Shocking. Yeah. Sorry, I, the... I, I zoned out for a moment. Um, which game was this again?
1: Radiant Historia slash uh, Tokyo Marsh Sessions Sharp iffy Oh,
2: okay. Radiant Historia. Okay, that was...
1: Yeah. Okay. In Japan, like, Genai Ibnoku. Yeah. Sure, well...
2: Well, over here I've got um, Atelier Ryza on the nice. Switch.
1: Is so that chugging along well?
2: Oh, it's chugging along great. I think Sam and I have different um, concepts of what slow means in an Atelier game. <laughs> I, I really didn't have as many problem or as much issue with pacing at first. I can see what she means by picking up later on, though.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah uh, I'd be interested to hear what your general feelings are on it as compared to some of the other ones you played because people seem to like that one quite a bit but
2: it is a whole lot better than the mysterious series
1: <laughs> well that's a
2: that's not very hard that's a good start we'll go yeah I mean that that is the the main point to be had it is far better so it's got to um Got some interesting things to its item creation. Um, Stuff like um, just being. um, Well, the first thing is you don't actually have a set number or or recipe or no, you don't really have a set recipe for a lot of these things. Hmm. You have a list of items that can be used to make it, and you place them on the grid as you want. Or, I say grid, it looks a bit different. And several of these items, you can just choose multiple, for for multiple options. Mm -hmm. So, um, it just works quite a bit differently. Mm -hmm. So, it's, um, but I know just thematically, it works. It's just a really cute little game here. That's good. Yeah. Sorry, focusing on running around and trying to locate buried treasure. That there we go. I do like that the um, that the status menu, instead of the standard um, layout for showing the party members, they have a photograph. Huh photograph of um which changes as you add party members showing everyone um just having fun together
0: that's pretty cool yeah
2: which I mean one of the things I like about this game it has a very definite theme going on for a lot of the plot which is basically what is adulthood and why do we care (laughs)
0: Um,
2: and um some of the individual plot—I mean, again—I could see what Sam meant when she said that some of a lot of the character or a lot of the cast was pretty flat because a lot of the, just a lot of the townsfolk are one step above random NPC, hmm. which is not too normal for the series. But the major named characters are very interesting, with some of the issues involved, so. You don't normally see, um, like, for example, alcoholism and family abuse as a major plot element in a Japanese RPG. True. <laughs> yeah. So. Things like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh.
1: Yeah. Um so wheels, how's your Xenoblade been going? Because I'm given to understand that's not the that X is not the only Xenoblade you've been playing.
0: No, actually, it's the first time I fired this one up in a while. But I've been going back to Xenoblade Two, trying to eventually polish that off, and uh, kind of just got my bearings again. So uh, having fun with that. But I'm like fifty, 50 no, sixty hours in. So. Um, by estimations I've seen, I'm like halfway through the game?
1: I mean, so halfway off? through the game means, you know, 50 hours away from the finish. so You're going to do Torn of the Golden Country?
0: I am. Oh,
1: okay, so 100 hours from the finish. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you chose this fate of your own free will. That's
0: true. It's fine. It's, it's all fine. It's,
1: It's not bad to have a lot of a good game to play. Yeah. I do wonder what the odds are of this one getting the uh, switch up port treatment.
0: Xenoblade X? Yeah. Uh, I hope high, because it'd be great to have a nice remaster of this.
1: It'd be nice if people could play
0: it. Especially (laughs) if they could increase the font size. That would be great.
1: Well, now it would have (laughs) to be on a smaller screen. They'd have to pretend to care. Yeah. Uh, let see. Scar says uh, Torna is nice, but no more egg. Mm. But let's see. So, yeah, we should probably eventually hit a question. But go play yes, Tokyo Mirage Sessions so that it doesn't die in obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go to the. Should we hit the Discord questions first or the... Mm. Question? Oh, there's Discord questions. Okay, let's check over some here. Some of the Discord questions are, like, reposts from an older comment section, so... <laughs> That's what uh, raises the question. Yeah, let's start with the Discord
0: stuff. What do we got?
1: Okay. Uh, this was some stuff that was asked, I believe, late last year, that we were like, we haven't had time to really let this sit, so... Good end the year questions. What was your favorite surprise RPG this year? Question. Also, bad
0: surprise. <laughs> uh I don't think I had
1: any bad surprises this year,
2: thankfully. It's been su- it was such a long year, I'm not quite sure which ones were actually in the year or not, but I'm gonna just say Xeno.
1: Oh yeah. I think For bad surprises. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might have at the very least been a bad surprise for us this year in 2019. Yeah, let's see. I mean, I
2: mean, I, I played it last March, I think, didn't it? Okay, it, it was, was two marches ago. I don't. I'm,
1: it was two marches ago because it came out in Japan in April, of, or it must have been last March because it came out in Japan in April of 2018. Okay, yeah. Never mind. It was just two years ago. Bad surprise. Then I'm sorry. It's fine. It it always ranks a demerit. Apparently in North America it was September of 2018. I thought it would taken a little longer, but, uh, you know, bad surprises. Um, we're getting all sorts of bad surprises, such as the passage of time is going to kill us all. Um, what? No, it isn't. Monster. So, to, to quote, they might be giants. You're older than
2: you've ever been, and now you're even older. Oh, and no. now you're even <laughs> older, and now you're
1: even older. Yes. Okay. Okay, moving on, moving on. Uh, but yeah, did we have any good surprises this year? It was not a year mm-hmm. of surprises for me. Ugh,
0: saga Scarlet Grace.
1: Oh yeah, that happening also romancing Saga three.
0: But yes,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Scarlet Grace seems to have been in general a surprise for people that weren't us because people other than us liked it.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> uh, yeah, but. that
2: was that was a nice surprise there.
0: Yeah.
1: Scar says Byleth and Smash, which. That's a that's a neutral surprise. Depends on who you're asking.
0: That's a good surprise for me. Byleth
1: well, looks fun. I'll have to try them out soon. Uh, three Houses being as good as it is was a bit of a surprise. But. I mean, they've all been good, but they're always. Like, the past few Fire Emblems have been very good but they're they all finding different ways to be good is interesting to me mm. uh, oh of course Wheels is a mage um, for those listening at home Wheels has jumped into Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mistara.
2: <laughs> okay
1: which is one of the Capcom d and beat-em-ups that was uh, collected about six years
2: ago. I remember playing that in the
1: arcade. It's a good game. One of the best ups ever made. Let's see. I still remember the Displacer Beast boss. I remember playing this with friends when it first hit Steam, I believe. And Mm -hmm. one of them played a mage. And if you haven't played this, the first of these two Capcom D&D beat-em-ups will pause when you use certain magic, even if that magic is useless. <laughs> we got to the final boss and he cast Sticks to Snakes like 30 times. Hmm. I need you to understand <laughs> how useless that is against the final boss. That did nothing. He was doing it just to troll the rest of us. <laughs> in conclusion, Sticks to Snakes. Um, any trends... Very Very in- biblical. Yeah, very. Any trends in games you saw this year as opposed to previous years worth discussing? I feel like most of it was just a continuation. We haven't seen a complete paradigm shift in 2019.
0: Yeah. Well, Uh, we saw fewer new Battle Royales than we did the previous year.
1: I think you just weren't paying attention.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, wait, no. Apex Legend launched last year. Apex
1: Legends launched, that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure one for Japanese arcades launched.
0: That's not a real thing.
1: That's absolutely a thing that happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's apparently terrible, but I just think it's really funny for it to exist at all. So, I mean, of
2: course it's pretty terrible, but is it fabulously terrible?
1: Uh, It nails the look of JoJo, but it doesn't have that fabulous soul, so... Uh. Doug, caught the uh, water. Let's see. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that there were any. Like, trends I would say usually come in more like three to four year increments, so. Mm
2: hmm.
1: I don't think there was anything that I could say definitively now happened in 2019 that feels like a trend worth commenting on like even those battle royales like those have been slowly pumping out over the past few years since player unknown so Mm. Mm -hmm. the patient zero and the worst let's see uh, RPG remix and RPGs for PC seem to be doing well. What's a game you'd like to see remade, remastered for PC next, and why is it probably not going to happen? And how mad are you about it? Uh, most of the things that I would want to see remastered, I probably w- couldn't see being specifically PC centric. So, mm.
2: I mean, um, one of the games I could think of was originally PC Engine, anyway. So, uh, which I know is not the same. As- <laughs> it's Linda Cube time. Of course, hey, you already knew what it was going to be. <laughs> However, that would just be a really bonkers game to try and... Oh, reman- I
1: really want to see that show up on whatever. Uh, like but I hey, we, want-
2: we are getting Hero Must Die
1: yeah. in America. Anything's possible.
2: Which I would never have in a million years have thought possible, in which that reminds me, I need to just write up an impression really quickly, like tonight or tomorrow.
1: We're getting um, here- We're getting Hero Must Die, we're getting Moon Remix, I mean...
2: Which is another, like, what-the-hell moment.
1: Yeah, like, anything could happen. Let's see... Uh, Yeah, like, so, you know, hope springs eternal for Linda Cube. I feel like the biggest issue that would have is just, like, finding a company willing to fund that in this day and age, like, for what audience they would be willing to fund it for. But...
2: Well, I mean, it's got a really interesting premise. It's got some really bizarre challenges, a really cool world. I mean, they would definitely have to upgrade the visuals again, but they they did that previously anyway. That. Yeah. I mean, it's not that much a stretch nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Back Back in, like, 98, it was ridiculously avant-garde at times but
1: but I think there's more of an audience for that especially in like compared to how it was in the west at the time so
2: yeah I mean when you compare it to something like Hero Must Die which was originally a cell phone game designed to be played in 30 minute increments because that was the average commute time on the Tokyo subway system yeah and which I mean is hard-coded that the hero will die after five days yeah at the game.
1: You gotta just live with that. Live with death.
2: Oh, even better, I mean, it grades you by the um, by the location and size of
1: the funeral. How much were people sad about this?
2: And how many of them <laughs> cried? <laughs> <laughs> and then it gives you like a 300 year post-history of how the entire region turns out because of what you did in those five days. Which could be really good or really bad. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I think, if someone's talking I, about what your what your last five days of life did for the next three hundred years, I'm actually impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like
2: the last time I played, I think I part of my ending was that the junior apprentice hero that I was that I had in my party, um, turned out a bit wrong and she ended up leading a jihad against the non human races. Oh mm. well. Yeah. That's a that's a dark Stuff like legacy. That. Yeah. I really need to replay that just to see some more of the endings.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to playing it when it comes out in English.
2: It is it's it's another one of those that is going to be very mixed reception I'm thinking. Those are always
0: the most interesting anyway. Yeah. Except for Type Zero.
1: <laughs> Did that have mixed reception? <laughs>
0: okay, it was mostly negative.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it was mixed reception before it got released in America.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mixed Once reception it got released in American American people, in by people in who
0: never played it. Yeah. yeah. I warned people. Warned you all. No the one The listens. famous wheel in the
1: coal mine. Uh, before I forget it, uh, Scar just asked in the stream chat... Uh, which remake are you looking forward to the most in 2020? And for me, it's mm. it's FF7, and I've made that very clear. <laughs>
0: uh, Xenoblade followed by FF7. Wow. Well, Sorry. Like,
1: Betrayer. <laughs>
0: any
2: ideas if or when Final Fantasy VII will even be available for a platform that I
1: currently own? Uh, <laughs> it's going to be one. <laughs> Uh eventually your PC may slide into that realm depending upon if you choose to upgrade. <laughs> but that would does that count as a platform you currently own?
2: <laughs> no.
1: Well then. Uh probably probably too technically advanced for the Switch as it currently exists, so probably the answer is never. Um I'm fine with mono that. looks neat though. <laughs> oh yeah. But Let's see. Uh, but yeah. like uh, I'm a huge mark for FF7. There's another Resident Evil remake coming out. That's not an RPG, and it's also a remake of one of the lesser games. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Wheels just died. Um, but... Yeah, um...
0: Are
1: are there any other major remakes that we know of
0: about? Other than Xeno and FF7?
1: And Trials.
0: Oh, yeah. And Hero Must Die. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I was thinking of that as an upgraded port, but that's probably more of a remake. Well, I mean, it it is a port from Vita to Switch. Mm -hmm. I mean, it still
2: counts because, hey, it's new to you guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, Metal Max... Re, uh, Zeno, reborn. reborn. That reborn that is
2: the list. top of my list for l- remakes to look forward to, just because it'll be the one I'll be able to play.
1: It's so the one you'll be well, you'll be able to play Trials of Mana if you choose to, but uh, oh yeah, eventually. No, that's it's just a switch. That,
2: it's him, one I have yeah. budgeted for this year.
1: Oh, that's okay. okay that makes sense. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one that I like. That's the one I'm looking at with the most like this has the most chance to fix what was wrong <laughs> we'll see <laughs> yes
2: very much
1: it's rare <laughs> that we get to see remakes of games that weren't good to begin with and i respect those because they're that's like the chance that you get that's such a rare opportunity yep and of course my uh,
2: I mean I already posted my demands as they are for that demands. Series. Yeah starting off with bring back Pochi, but hey wait a moment that was literally the very first thing you guys mentioned when you announced this so let's pet the puppy please That was
1: a really wise thing to like lead with I'm not going to lie Yeah cuz I
2: mean e- even before I had a better idea of what the game was like my first reaction was Pochi is a poster on the wall of the base, and that's it.
1: That's not good enough. Pochi is an important boy.
2: That that was my... Literally, the first clue that things were not right in Denmark.
1: Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh... Uh, let's see. Another of the questions from the Discord. What is a good indie RPG you've played this year and want to shout about?
0: Slay the Spire! Oh. Yeah, that's a wheels game. That is a wheels hell oh, okay. game. Roguelike plus deck building card game?
1: Yes. Just for the wheels as in the audience.
0: Yep. Uh, that and Moonlighter.
1: Oh yeah, that looked neat.
0: Three, pretty fun.
1: Well, that was a bad use of your coins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that uh, Moonlighter, continuing that uh, small but uh, continuing in the indie s- subgenre of RPGs that are uh, like half shop ownership sim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In other words, a lot of the ones that I like. yeah no that's super neat and it's nice to see that continue even if only essentially only in the indie space but still a healthy part of the indie space
2: yeah because the Atelier series has kind of moved beyond that particular yes like six or seven games ago yeah nine games almost nine games ago yeah wow yeah I think Totori was the last one that had uh, anything like it with the Adventure Guild board Oh yeah. First, I haven't I have actually played much of *Murdered*, so I couldn't tell there. It may have something similar.
1: Maybe. One day I'll get around to those games.
2: <laughs> go for it. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I just I and need Rise to make, is good too. But, uh, Yeah, I haven't played any indie RPGs this past year. I don't think.
2: Well, I played, played some, but none of them were new.
1: Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of, like, indie games i played and if any of them count. Uh, this was... This one has RPG in it? Uh, it was a weird little, like... At le- clearly at least partly Kunio inspired russian Russian-developed, beat-em-up, social sim RPG called the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. (laughs) Okay, that's an interesting... Very strange game. It is... Like, imagine, like, Kunio-kun, so like, River City Ransom, that sort of setting, except a game... Actually, about a delinquent who, whose life is going nowhere and who and like the walls are starting to close in because they're about to reach graduation age. Mm-hmm. Very strange game. interesting. But strange.: Yeah, strange. very strange. Uh, yeah. ScarRS Has anyone played indivisible? I'm waiting for the switch version.
0: Hmm. Same mostly. Although it is on Game Pass. Yeah. For those interested.
1: Which, you know, probably good, but, you know, waiting for the Switch version where I'll actually play it. Um.
0: Same thing with uh, Outer Worlds for me.
1: Oh man, I can't wait. That's not indie, that's mid tier, but.
0: Not to be confused with the indie Outer Wilds.
1: Yeah, which I hear nothing but good things about and I haven't gotten around <laughs> yeah, to
0: it's, it's weird. that one is very good
1: haven't gotten around to Disco Elysium is that, is that indie? that might be indie I don't know who published it <laughs>
0: uh, probably
2: it's fairly um, indie-ish
1: yeah it, like it's, I will go with indie Jason for Disco Elysium it looks neat, I haven't played it yet I've heard nothing but good things It was developed and published by a company I've never heard of, so we're going to go with Indie. (laughs) Written by an Estonian novelist.
2: Huh. (laughs) That sounds pretty Indie.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Heard nothing but good things about it. Supposedly coming to consoles. uh, I would like it to come to Switch. It looks like it would fit just fine there, but I don't think there's an announced version. Hopefully, one day. Uh. Uh yeah, uh sadly not a lot of indie RPGs on. i played this year. I've mostly been playing things that are uh, that are big budget and huge.
0: Yeah, I mean at this point if I'm going to add an an RPG to what I'm playing now, it's got to be like a either a roguelike or something Like Persona or Atelier-ish, where you can play like day by day and kind of play it. You can bite size it a bit, right? Mm. Yeah, like I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't. Like I, I, I like a lot of indie games, but I do feel like AAA has its aesthetic and their and design trends, and there's a lot of indie design trends, and you know they don't some of them aren't my thing I'm not a roguelike person and that is a very common indie RPG design trend so.
0: mm-hmm.
1: not not huge on uh, proc gen for dungeon layouts and that sort of thing so.
2: or even worse actually designed but looks like pr- like it's uh, procedurally generated oh <laughs> yeah I've seen several of those not just indies
1: yeah, yeah. Oh absolutely. That's that's hardly an indie only sin. It's just uh mm. It's it's one of those things where like I will see an indie game that I haven't heard of and look at it and then it'll look interesting and then I'll see that in there and it'll kind of drain my enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, to each their own, they're not for me, but uh there's there's definitely ones I intend to get around to, like Moonlighter. Uh but that's uh, that's kind of it for uh, indie for me. And then, uh, what's an indie game that, in a perfect world, you'd like to see grow and become a franchise, not annual? Blah. Hmm. Uh, <sighs> Dead Cells. I mean, One
2: yeah, more like is practically annual, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. But they've got
1: yeah. to back it up. So, but I, I feel like that becomes even more unfeasible for an indie studio. There's just not yeah. uh, enough. Ability to serialize work in the right fashion.
2: Let's see. Well, Knights of Pen and Paper has three games now, so I think that already counts as series. Yeah. Um. First, I like to see. Um. Well, I know, I know. Uh, Quest for Infamy is supposed to have a sequel eventually, yeah. and um, Heroines Quest. I would love to see more on that vein.
1: Is there any indication of uh, Hero you getting a? Uh... We can hope,
2: especially since there were there were a lot of potential plot threads left
1: unused in the first game. Mm-hmm. That was just something that I thought of. That's like that's that's indie. That's something that sounded interesting. <laughs> Need it's, to get around to that. Yeah,
2: it's hard. It's hard to define exactly. If it or its level of indiness, since it's actually made by the original designers of the first series,
1: (laughs) I would say it's indie because it's not like they have a publisher backing a big publisher backing them at this point. True.
2: And one of these days, I would love to hear the exact legal story involved there since. It apparently was so epic that they enshrined their lawyer
1: and the lawyer's dog as statues in the Hall of Heroes. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I have some questions there, and I would imagine there's many documents that tell why they can't tell you them, but hopefully yeah. one day. Let's see. Uh, But yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, I'm sure Wheels would play expansions to slay the spire until he's dead. <laughs>
0: you're not wrong (laughs) Uh, yeah yes I I would enjoy much more of that that and Dead Cells are kind of my two like roguelike jams
1: rogue jams
0: rogue jams Uh,
1: yeah Uh, just
0: just in general
2: um, talking about jams okay Barkley, shut up and jam Gaiden
1: oh man that was that was an indie thing that I played. This oh man, I no, never that found
2: about as indie as they got.
1: <laughs> yeah, poor Barkley too. There's so many good ideas in that demo that they can't really fix. But I liked what I played. I do need to find someone to play the tactical RPG basketball mini game that they also released. That can only be played two player because no one ever had time to program AI for it. <laughs>
2: That sounds so much like Tales of Games. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, to...
2: I, I I told you about the time I I actually met the guy at TGS, right?
1: Oh man, I met the I met at least one or two of those two of those crazies at a Pax once, but I don't think I heard about your story of meeting them at TGS. Oh, it's
2: just the one guy. I don't remember his name, but he was showing off um, the second game. It was the Crazy Gun game. Oh, the gun breeding system. <laughs> Yes, the gun breeding system where I got him to actually figure out for me the longest possible name for a gun in that game, and it was like ridiculous, um, ending with "Nantica kind of of nothing but rap and country because those were his favorite music types." <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> I mean, it was a game where you had a a, bee, a gun that shot bees that made hives in out of enemies to shoot more bees at other enemies.
1: <laughs> yeah, like that game was like, if they ever like completed it, it was going to be a balancing nightmare. Like the concept and
2: that was the point.
1: Yeah, like they they had issues with like a big gen- gelatinous cube spell, <laughs> which. uh... Yeah, that that kind of sums up the whole affair, really. Uh...
2: <laughs> yes, well, the um, the guy the guy was so indie that he was philosophically against the concept of name cards huh <laughs> uh, japanese calling cards and stuff like that so when he found out that he had he was required to have them for tgs he printed his out black on black <laughs> i still have this thing somewhere in a back shelf somewhere um but yeah you can't read it unless you hold it to the light just just right
1: <laughs> <laughs> i pro- i when i was when I saw them at PAX, they had a... Uh, they had, like... <laughs> so... Uh, the. Let me pull up the full title of Barclay 2, because this joke doesn't make sense unless you know it's full title. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, the full game was to be titled uh, The Magical Realms of Tirnanog, Escape from Necron 7, Revenge of Kukulin the official game of the movie, Chapter 2 of the Hoops Barkley Saga. Yes. So, when they uh, presented at PAX, they had taken part of that title and badly transliterated it into Japanese and then back into English. Oh, no! So, (laughs) the thing was labeled Barkley 2 Quecklin No Vengeance. (laughs) And...
2: (laughs) considering how weird q is. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was, but it was spelled with a Q, which was amazing. And, <laughs> at that time, they were just working out the character generation system, which in the demo that you can play is still there. It is a, uh, it is a long, like, personality quiz given to you by a wizard. Mm-hmm. And, it's they, really they were out- t- Mm-hmm. Uh, say, say what?
2: It's really out there.
1: It's really out there. It's crazy. It has like, uh, it has like personality quiz questions that are like having an argument with your father about jock jams. But it has a uh, what? What they were doing at the time was they were doing that, but with someone actually, like, dressed as a wizard asking you the questions that would be in the game. And when you finished, they would give you a, like, code that you could p- that they intended for you to be able to put in the final game to just generate based off of what you had answered in person. <laughs> and it was an experience. You had to schedule with them and go into the tent that the wizard lived in while he, like, stood in front of a crystal ball and ask you these insane questions. Once in a lifetime, absolutely worth it. Highly recommend going back in time and being involved with that. I forget how I got onto this, how we got onto the Barkley 2 subject.
2: Well, any discussion of really crazy indie stuff is going to end up on this game.
1: It's true, it's true.
0: True.
1: There's a part of me that hopes that there's still one or two madmen beavering away at trying to get that game finished. I don't believe it will, but I hope someday. Oh, Uh, you know it will never be finished. Yeah. But
2: it was beautiful. (laughs) Yes, it's it was just too beautiful to exist.
1: Yeah. Uh so yeah, in a perfect world we would see that uh, continue to grow. But such was such was not the world we got to live got to live in. Let's see. So that I believe runs us out of Discord questions. So now it's time to get into the uh, the comment questions. Uh, Victor asking, I'm curious about your thoughts on bad endings in RPGs. They that have both one or more good endings and one or more bad endings. When do bad endings work to gr- provide greater immersion and enrich the gameplay experience by making one's choices or failures matter? When do bad endings fail to work and instead prompt the feeling of check a guide before you play or else you'll feel like you've wasted 30 to 60 plus hours of your life when you finish the game? Is there a middle ground between these extremes? And if so, what does it look like? I feel like the middle ground between those extremes is neutral endings and those are never satisfying. <laughs> <Enough>. <laughs>
2: However, I will say that the indisputable bad ending for Shin Megami Tensei 4... <laughs> um, emphatically appropriate. I mean, yes, which is completely avoidable with a just a save right beforehand. Um, yeah. The one where you literally render all existence to null. Good
0: times.
1: We all did this, didn't we? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, we all did it. Yeah, come on. I didn't, actually. You didn't? Oh, You didn't embrace the nether?
1: I don't have enough nihilism in me. What can Uh, I say?
0: Okay. I didn't think they'd
1: actually do it, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, me (laughs)
2: neither.
1: The game called your bluff, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh...
2: I feel more like satisfying than actually trying to get to the neutral ending in that game,
1: oh, yeah, no, that's that's a giant pain. Uh, I do like I feel like that's that's something that's worth keeping in mind is that the the more the player is thinking about and metagaming their ending, the less immersed they're going to be. Mm. So like, I think that when you do do that, if you don't make the uh, ending reasonably achievable without planning throughout the entire game, you've kind of doomed yourself to that. You kind of have to accept that that's the design you've gone with.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, like, your, your ways around this are to have a variety of ending, a multiplicity of endings such that, like, the endings aren't good or bad per se, they're merely reflective of the kind of of the choices, the kind of choices that person would make, which would be when you, oftentimes when you have like fractal endings where it's like, well this, situa- this situation you resolved ended this way and thus it has this epilogue, that sort of thing or you yeah. just you know, have endings that you can sort of quickly get to from the end of the game
2: Yeah, so either you've got really oddball random stuff like Chrono Triggers where on a new game plus you could access most of them within an hour yeah or something like nocturne where it's like you could say okay we got lots of bad endings but what is bad
1: what truly is bad find your reason
2: whether what truly is good because none of these endings seem particularly good except for the one where it turns out to have been
1: all a hallucination or that's you not quite reset a second, it that all. Happen, but, yeah it's always kind of like, that's always kind of the weird thing about SMT endings. Is the quote-unquote neutral ending is always the good ending, but except for it's only
2: neutral in the sense of law, lawful and chaotic, not good versus evil.
1: Yeah, the only the only one that breaks that is Four Apocalypse because that doesn't have that kind of neutral ending. Ugh, but it has. Uh, it definitely has a good ending and you know exactly how you're going to get it in stark contrast to Shin Megami Tensei (laughs) 4. Yeah. um, That's that's kind of the thing. Is like, you don't want your player thinking about, well, I'm going to try to get this ending right from the beginning. Like, that's, it's just not a, usually a good way to engage with a fictional story, so... Yeah. Uh,
2: what, what about games like, um, I know Lost Magic on the DS did this, and so did one of the early Langrisser games, where you can actually choose to side with the bad guys. At a, can be, at a specific juncture, and it just completely changes everything. Right.
1: <laughs> this can be interesting, but I mean, like, usually you know, it's not a relevant side to take, so... I, I always feel like those always, I, I haven't seen in this case, uh, lost magic enough mm-hmm. to say whether it's a fair thing, but those often when I do see them feel a little like half baked cause it's like, well, you can, but it often involves either there isn't a great rationale for why your character would, or the resultant side is kind of half baked
2: well, in the case of Lost Magic, you um, basically the villain of the story has your friends in a bit of a uh, tight space and your character willingly gives himself up to save them mm. and then comes back a while later as a brainwashed evil fanatic. Wow, rip. Yeah, and you play <laughs> as him for the rest of the game against your former friends. Ooh. Yeah. And Just something a- similar with... I think it was Der Langrisser, um, where you can choose for political reasons to side with the empire that you had just recently been trying to fight, because they did put up a pretty good argument. But then you end up fighting most of your former comrades, who did not like your decisions. Fair. Uh,
1: what was the? I'm I'm now remembering what might be the worst ending, worst ending I can think of in an RPG, and this oh. one I actually takes effort to get which is also funny so uh one of bioware's like less beloved, like still well-liked but less beloved games uh jade empire had mm-hmm. a quote-unquote so you had like the good versus evil morality meter you also had the option of getting a quote-unquote neutral ending that took a lot of work to get because it required you to get deep into a dialogue tree with the final boss and essentially agree to let him kill you for some reason huh. <laughs> and like but like leave behind like a legacy where you're treated as the hero of the world even though you just let the villain sort of do whatever he wants very strange. I have no idea why you would ever want it. It takes work to get, because again, you have to dig deep into the final boss's dialogue tree and choose options that don't make a lot of sense for any playstyle. It sounds more like an easter egg ending. Yeah, like it's weird, because, but like it has epilogues as much as any of the other endings, which makes it weirder. So, I don't... I don't get what they were go- going for there. Very strange. But... Yeah, not not recommended. Don't do that one in conclusion. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I guess, the other point. Is that, uh, if you're going to have multiple endings, you have to account for the kinds of people playing your game, and like, your endings kind of end up having to be an outgrowth of how they're going to approach the story. So, like, once you get into... Like, I guess one of the other ways to look at it would be that uh, something like Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, yeah, that has similar endings, but, you know, its endings diverge the same as its beginnings. Like, how things were going to end was kind of determined far in advance of where the ending was going to be such that it changed the entire campaign. Hmm. Okay. Because, I mean, like, your ending is going to be... The differences in your ending is largely going to be determined by what house did you just decide to teach. So... You know, just a... a little difference. Um... Wheels, are you back? Because I see you're playing a game again. (laughs) Yes, I'm back. thought you might have something to say about Three Houses.
0: (laughs) Oh, and bad endings? (laughs) I mean, the ending route I went down apparently makes more sense if you played one of the other endings, but if that's the case, then why not save that for New Game Plus and maybe... Make it
1: less easy to stumble into. Right. That's, that's kind of another thing that's probably worth uh, noting is that you have to build your endings such that, unless you have specifically locked them away, you have to build them in such a way that they can't. Uh, that you have to understand. You have to build them so that a player will be satisfied if that's just the ending they get. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that might be a flaw if you're wheels. True not recommended be careful uh, yeah so that's that's kind of the that's kind of the set of things if if you're gonna have drastically different endings make sure that the play like the irony of course is that if wheels had chosen any other house he wouldn't have even had the chance to get that ending true <laughs> poor, there, poor.
0: there is no other choice.
1: it's the the house I chose to Um, yeah Uh, I I feel like you have to be there's a lot to take in with endings and endings are almost always the thing that the fewest people in a game are going to see and therefore tends to get less attention than a lot of people would probably have liked in terms of people who were making it so uh, you know But then again, like, uh, the end of the question with Victor asking, is there a middle ground between between these extremes, and if so, what does it look like? I think it does kind of look like Three Houses, where it's like, well, none of these are entirely happy, because you absolutely had to kill the other house leaders. So, that's a bit of a shame. But, you know, that was something... That you knew had to happen when you realized you were playing a Fire Emblem game that was going to end with warring factions, and you picked a side right at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It's just, and, you know, all of them could be a best ending, depending upon who you were talking to. Like, what was your favorite person? Who did you want to see triumph? Who did you want to see meet their goals? Who were you fine with not seeing where their story was going? (laughs) and the answer is it's blue lions you're fine with not seeing where the blue lions are going <laughs> nerds um, excuse me you say that with pride yes. no listen every nerd is just looking for the lower nerd on the lower, lower nerd in the social strata and who they can in turn shove into the locker the, the term is pecking order Listen, we have many different terms for it, but they all mean the same thing. Uh, Scar saying, Dimitri looks great after the time skip. Uh, probably, but I don't care. <laughs> I'll probably play his route eventually, someday. After I play, after I, sometime after I've finished Black Eagles and Golden Deer, and after I've, you know, dealt with the frickin' sewer dweller house. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving to the next question, Budai's got some nice, quick ones. How often do you replay games? Eh, not terribly often. It has to be depends a, on the game. Yeah, it definitely depends on the game, and it, like usually, it's like what what feeling am I attempting to recapture? What mood am I attempting to get hold of? So. And like I've.
2: In, in recent years, I've replayed several of the Saga games, mo- several of the Metal Max games, um, Maple Stories, both of them, um, the DS and 3DS games. Nice. And stopped the 3DS game after I remembered exactly how awful the platforming section in the pyramid is.
1: Mm-hmm. E- do not ask me. Um, oh, I'm, pr- I'm perfectly fine not asking. I'm terrified. <laughs> Also, Wheels is in the process of making the worst choice he's made all night. For those not watching, he has booted up Donkey Kong 64. Yeah,
2: I like Donkey Kong 64.
1: I do not. I, <laughs> I despise it. Yeah. Harsh.
2: Well, well, back in my college days, that was one of the few... I mean, my, my roommate actually had a Nintendo 64, and that was one of the few games
1: that we actually had for it.
2: Oh, that'll so do So we were in a regular contest to see who, um, who could beat what section first.
1: Mm, fair enough fair enough
2: well that and seeing if it was actually possible for Mario in Mario 64 to die from landing from a high fall it is possible it's hard but it's possible I was gonna say because we we went up to the that one level that is nothing but a very tall mountain lost his hat to a monkey and then took a swan dive off of it to land on the very lowest spot in that level without falling off into the void and he still survived yeah you can't
1: you can't die from full health. By falling.
2: But oh no, can't. that was the
1: challenge. It was full health. Okay, yeah, no, you can't die from full health by falling. No, that took down five out of six, but yeah. <laughs> but,
2: okay, well, there's another game I'd like to see have a comeback um, Ogre Battle 64. I never finished of that. One.
1: Caliber. Oop. Oops. That was not the button I intended to click. Yeah, uh, just uh, we may have a surprise guest visit by Eric RPG, so let me uh, just add them in. Boop. Add. Okay, uh, but yeah, um, Wheels has gotten cold feet at Donkey Kong 64's file selection screen.
0: Uh, no, I just dozed off for a second.
1: You no, know, it is Donkey Kong 64. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, but
2: okay, well, well, different example on endings. Some a lot of the earlier Atelier games
1: mm-hmm.
2: had multiple good endings. Yeah, I mean Marie's main bad ending was you fail your basically you fail at Alchemy Academy and you get fired and you have to leave.
1: Yeah, it kind of straddles the line between like a game over state and an ending. Yeah,
2: whereas one of one of Ellie's more memorable endings was actually um, barely barely hidden possible lesbian romance
3: angle.
0: Hmm.
3: So neat. I've heard that there was a pie ending in Rona game. Of course, there was. Verona's obsessed with
1: pies, so that would make sense. <laughs> Welcome, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh,
2: no, I'm just I mean, going to be
3: here for a little bit. Ending because, for Ellie, so.
1: So. Literally
2: cheesecake ending for Ellie. I just because what, she she was very, very picky about her cheesecake.
1: I see what was done
2: there. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not even joking like it, like that. You had to get over a 90 quality on her cheesecake or else you would throw it away.
1: <laughs> well... Oh, if it's not worth doing right, it's not worth doing. (laughs)
2: Pretty much.
1: But, uh, did you have something you wanted to discuss, Eric,
3: since you said you won't be here long? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about, uh, King Hearts 3. Oh. Well, you're talking to the person who loves it, so... (laughs) I'm sure we will have (coughs) many things to
1: discuss.
3: (laughs) It was a pretty fun game, despite most of the world still not being, like, from areas in Disney that... I don't really care about especially since they're mostly just advertisements
1: oh yeah you can tell that uh, when Disney saw Kingdom Hearts 3 in this age they were like mm, you should you should make this based off of movies that we still want to sell merchandise from mm-hmm. <laughs> yes and that's are we surprised uh, they used to be they used to take a lighter rain lighter uh, handle on it which is why you got some of the more out there worlds like Tron hmm that but, but now um, it's just very specifically like here's what's marketable right now like
3: the combat is it, it's it I feel like it could be improved a lot like it's still pretty simple but still deep I, but think,
1: like, uh, I think it like, plays very the game well gives
3: you combat. you can't you can't say the game doesn't give you lots of options for combat because on the normal difficulties there's lots of different things you could do like like the flow motion stuff. And then there's it's, it's like it's it's a it's kinda like how the human brains built, it's a clue. Just like they kept adding systems from different games and there's, piecing it together. And yeah, now slow something motion. That's really, really huge.
1: There's flow motion, there's form change, there's the like yeah. weird Disney
3: park stuff. For change is basically just the command styles from Birth by Sleep.
1: Yeah. Although they're Interesting because they're tied to the weapon, which gives certain weapons that you might normally not use more reason
3: to exist. Yeah, and like the like the master forms and stuff like that; those exist in the the high tier weapons.
1: Yeah, like the drive forms kind of reappear in. I forget. Like I forget what the ultimate weapon has,
3: but it has basically the final form from Green March 2. Yeah. Um, and, uh... The Earth Keeper and Oblivion have like variants of the dual keyboard form from two from Battler. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: I, I think that it's a very like it's it's a good system because you have a lot of options about what parts of it you feel like engaging with.
3: And then the magic is a lot more useful now.
1: Oh yeah, they did a lot to try to make magic, especially because of like just the fact that magic chains and combos in an interesting fashion now. The only thing like, I
3: really didn't like about the game is the fact that they cut out, like, a full map button. Oh, yeah, there is no, like, way to look at just the entire map. It's, it's dumb because, like, they had an entire touchpad to use. They could have just split its functions between two sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I understand why they didn't do that, because that always, the touchpad, making extensive use of the
3: touchpad feels Or awful. any of the, you know, um, buttons on the undersides of the L, R, and the left-right analogs.
1: Oh, L3 and R3. Yeah, you would think they would map that to, like, R3, because I think they've done that in the past. But,
3: yeah. One day I'll get around to remind. Like, even a section on the Gummy Phone as cumbersome as I might have been, would it still been preferable.
1: I still can't believe that game has, like, the loading screens be, like, Twitter
3: posts for an in-game Twitter that you can't actually read. I also think it's funny that uh, Sora doesn't own a smartphone, and it's been, like, 11 years since he was in a game that where they existed.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: like, it's
1: it's been too long. Smartphones didn't exist when he was last in a game that moved the timeline forward. I suppose stream drop distance did, but then he was asleep most of that time. So
3: other aspects were <laughs> that were lazy were um, Phil not getting any voice lines at all.
1: I think that was more just a case of getting Danny DeVito to come in at the stage, but yeah,
3: but like they did say in the Japanese version, it was because his voice actor died. But well, like that only, that, that only makes dead. sense for that version.
1: Well, it's one of those things where like they're not going to record lines in one version, not the other, which is the other thing.
3: Well, like um, when it came to Boo, they just recycled her audio from the movies.
1: Yeah, well, she doesn't. Have basically a Pokemon die, per se, so that's probably for the best.
3: <laughs> if Boo were <or> a Pokemon, <laughs> oh no, I'm not ready for that. But um once you beat the game, you get an ending and all i can really say is well are they actually more willing to do final fantasy based universes now uh
1: well i think that it's more a case of, like because what they what they show in that ending it's been a year we can do this uh what they show in that ending is from Verum rex so technically yes and no
3: <laughs> so as long as the original characters
1: <laughs> yeah although they they there do seem to be Final Fantasy characters in Remind
3: so apparently they can get away with it in DLC hmm. um, that's another thing that kind of is a sore point for me it's like it's $30 and it feels like it's just a collection of some fights and then the epilogue to the game
1: I have no idea I'm looking forward to finding out but I don't know <laughs> when that will be
3: and like there's like at least three super bosses in the DLC Oh, that's what I'm looking for, so. But, um, I kind of wish that New Game Plus actually worked like a New Game Plus.
1: What does it do in that one?
3: I haven't messed it around. Basically with it basically just much. lets you keep your keyblades. That's it. I mean, that's good if you got the ultimate weapon,
1: but. I really just want to noodle around with New Game Plus and Critical Mode at some stage. I played a bit of Critical Mode, but not a lot.
3: Because I couldn't even like, penetrate Proud Mode in the other Kingdom Hearts game because it was too difficult for me.
1: Oh, I, I played through a couple of them on Critical Mode, so. Mm. That's
3: uh, that's something I kind of fiend for. <laughs> that was nice to uh, value add and patch Oh, yeah. Since the last time I actually beat Romantic Saga 3. Nice. Mm, good. Enjoy the final boss. Yeah. <clears throat> um I had to die at least three times before I got it right because it came down to using the right formation and just not going all in on the Shadow Serpent. I, I saved those for certain um, phases of the moon shifting. Mm-hmm. They didn't, usually didn't last long because some of his attacks kind of negated after a while. Mm
0: hmm.
3: But uh I just did it more conservatively and it worked out. But um I don't know when I'm gonna get around to playing more Scarlet Grace. Or if should just play two first. Mm, they're both good choices.
2: And they're both very different choices, so Scarlet Grace is
1: probably longer,
3: but But um do you have any questions that I um you cover that I might well not be able to provide answers to.
2: Okay. Um greatest game you didn't pay for?
3: Greatest <laughs> game I didn't pay for. Mm. Um I'm probably gonna have to say I don't know if it's greatest, but it is one of the better <laughs> games I played that I didn't have to really pay for would be control.
1: Oh yeah that's very good I need to get around to that someday <laughs> I've gotten a lot of like games as gifts but uh, technically I didn't pay for them
3: I kind of wanted to sell it but um, there's DLC on the way so I'll just hold on to it until that's okay. out so it worked <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah I'm trying to think of games I didn't Wheels, you got any of these? Uh
0: what is it again?
2: Raiders
3: pay for. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, great. I don't hate ten either, it's just mm. lots of other people do.
0: Like me. Uh Xenoblade Chronicles three D.
1: <laughs>
3: you didn't pay for that?
0: I got a review copy.
3: Oh. That's the that's the trick. Yep. Yeah, I can say that too, I guess. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Although I sold it. <laughs> So I could buy stuff. So but, I heard the uh, definitive uh, editions, uh, edition's coming out, that's why.
1: That's like the Negiverse that's like the negaverse version of paying for of not paying for a game. You not only didn't pay for it, you made a profit off it. <laughs> a
3: light one, but still.
0: <laughs> but I mean there's the, still time, the original I mean, copy
3: soon too.
2: If we're if we're counting negative income on this one, there was a the time where I bought two lucky bags from the store in Japan. Sold back three out of the four games and made a 500 yen profit. Nice! Yeah. And so technically, Dragon's Dogma cost me negative 500 yen.
3: Yeah. That's a good game to get for negative Uh, 500 yen. I can mention Resident Evil 6, which I got with my purchase of DMC. I like that game. (laughs) The only thing I don't like about um, Resident Evil 6 is that (laughs) it just tried too much to do everything.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess, but it's a fun mess.
3: That was back the PS3 version.
1: Yeah, me and Wheels played a couple of chapters of the
3: Xbox version.
1: I guess we need to get we need to play more RE Six one day. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to have to either push some of these off or burn through them because it, Wheels is definitely about to fall asleep. Um,
0: I'm good. Well, uh, You're about I do to fall asleep. A,
2: I do have an answer for the next one. Okay. And say, so, what are some clever references that you have seen in RPGs either to other games or to real-life stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, most of these are from the really uh, meta-type games like um, the Sgt. Frog RPG mm-hmm. um, where... Yeah, they they will just make random Dragon Quest references.
1: That makes sense.
2: So, like when you're in the when you're in the medieval fantasy continent of the game, and you're talking to an innkeeper, and he's talking about all the riff raff who are bothering him, and he names off the main um, job classes from Dragon Quest Nine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think
2: things like that. I think, but my um, but probably the the best one that I really like that I actually was happy that I got. So, um, so in Japan, there's this comedy show called Shoten, which is basically um, Google rakugo at some point, and you'll see what. Oh, it is. I know
1: about rakugo. Yeah,
2: yeah. So this is kind of a combination of a rakugo show ty- um, crossed with whose line is it anyway,
0: hmm.
2: where I mean it's not physically active, but you have this these yeah. the, um, this row of rakugo comedians who are given prompts and they have to come up with stuff.
1: Really, yeah, stuff. that makes sense for rakugo.
2: And instead of points, um, they're sitting on these um, these, um, these floor cushions called Zabaton. And mm-hmm. so if the host really likes their joke, he signals to have them given a- another um, another Zabaton.
0: <laughs>
2: and if they tell something really awful, he tells the assistant to just take the Zabaton away. Wow. Okay. So in the 3DS game Hamatora, look at Smoking World. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the Hamatora anime, which is no. vaguely mm. related to this, but in that universe, various characters have what are basically mutant powers that are keyed to very specific situations or conditions. So one of the characters in this game has has like freezing ice powers as long as he's telling bad jokes. Oh, no. <laughs> that, that's how he charges his powers, by telling bad jokes. So... Um, at one point, he says, "Some I don't even know what the joke was. It was just really awful." And the main character just looks at him and then looks at his friend, the uh, pro wrestling fanatic, and says, "Okay, take his zabaton away." <laughs> I'm just like, "I got, I got that joke. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, all right. That was fun.
1: Okay, that's
2: always fun. Makes absolutely no sense to anyone else, but it was a good
1: joke." <laughs> I'm thinking like. My favorite, like... This isn't necessarily the most clever, but it is my favorite. And it's basically all of the 80s Japan references that I could get in Yakuza 0. My actual favorite of those being one that I had to do research to like get what the substory joke was. But the joke itself is really funny. So, uh, there is a substory you can do in Yakuza 0 where you're playing as Majima... And he is like just talking to a guy in a bar who's like asking him questions about what he thinks needs like what he thinks needs to be done in order to make sure that the economy stays strong. And he like you the correct answer quote unquote like the answers that will get you the most rewards from the sub story if you rattle them off are all of the tax re- tax reforms that were commonly blamed for like breaking the Japanese economy and causing the economic crash in the nineties. <laughs> And, like, right at the end, like, right at the end there, like, the the premise is insane because the guy is like, yeah, we just decided to ask, like, a common guy off the street what they think should be done with the economy. (laughs) And then, like, the bit right at the end is just Majima being like, I think I might have made a mistake. I think I might have done a bad thing here. I don't know why. It's, uh, it's really... Like what the kind of like joke that they could only do because they had set the game in the '80s, and it's really funny.
2: Well, okay, different one then. Um, so you has anyone played Secret of Evermore? Yes. yes. <laughs> and you Absolutely. know how it's full of B movie references. Hmm. And I read a review once for this game where I was talking about how it was like the first B movie reference happened ten minutes into the game, and I'm like. No, it happened on the literally the very first line the hero has, where he's walking out of the movie theater with his dog and he's commenting about how awesome that movie was and how you could barely tell that the octopus in the lake was actually a bunch of rubber hoses. <laughs> That's an Ed Wood movie called Bride of the Atom. Wow. Bella Wrestling with rubber hoses in lake water, pretending it was an octopus.
1: <laughs> yeah, they went for they went for one of the less obvious. Edwards, so good job on that.
2: Oh, why isn't that game
3: been remastered I mean, in some fashion?
2: I mean, my favorite. What? But my favorite was like seeing this strange machine in the volcano in the first world of that game, and it's like that looks like the from the movie when consonants collide. It like it was some random stream of string of letters and numbers, but the name of the movie was hilarious but it was just like, yeah, yeah we had some fun here.
1: Yeah, like that that one that one was probably like takes the cake for my personal favorite because it was like one of those things that
3: really was taking advantage of their setting. <laughs> I feel like if there was like some kind of like sequel, it involves somebody who is like a riff tracks person that'd be fun but um I need to get going
1: okay
3: it's always good to hear from you yep. see you
1: let's see let's hit this last uh question before wheels dies uh this is a quick one uh what is the greatest wrestling video game no mercy no Mercy's the obvious answer. The spicier answer is Def Jam Fight for New York. Uh, the left field candidate that no one's actually played is WWF WrestleFest.
2: What? Okay, well, different question. Who is the greatest wrestler character in an RPG?
0: Hmm. Sabin.
2: Sabin's he's good. Wrestling... He's not necessarily a wrestler. He's a. He does he wrestling. He's, like, he's supposed to be a kung fu hero more than. Yeah, logo. he has
1: a suplex, but he, most of his moves are, like, punches, so... I'm trying to think of games with wrestling characters, to. Hmm.
2: Well, there was the character in Chrono Cross.
1: Yeah, Greco, who's, like, one of the million and one, like, references to Frey Tormenta. And then there is the
2: Luchador Parrot in Pokemon X Y.
0: Oh, Ha is great. Ha is the best.
1: Ha might take the cake. And then from
2: Metal Max Four.
1: Oh man, I should have known.
2: Yes, from Metal Max Four, we have a character who, I mean, she is a she's a originally a bodyguard and a strong woman for a different character in the, her past but she dresses in a pink luchador outfit with kitty ears good and due to some poor choices in employers previously she was also subjected to various experiments and is now a
1: werepanda <laughs> that's, that's, a lot to, that's a lot to have to deal with
2: <laughs> yes so um, yeah when I'm complaining about Xeno and saying that it needs more balls to the wall craziness
1: that's the level that you're looking for
2: yes <laughs> because on honestly I mean okay so I'm looking at the first wanted poster that I find in the game and it's for a giant panda dressed like it's from Thunderdome with a mohawk and I'm like okay this is pretty interesting for Metal Max and then it find, turns out that hey that's your next party member too I'm like what <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, in conclusion, uh, if you want to see some Technos Japan Before It Died nice sprite work, go look up WWF WrestleFest, which was an arcade only game made by the Kunio developers. Huh. It's got some nice sprite work. Uh, Otherwise, you know, just play Def Jam 5 from New York, or uh, which has RPG style character building. I'm allowed to talk about it. That's my right. Oh, and interesting. It turns out
2: that the switch has rumble packability of some sort. It does.
1: Oh. Switch yeah, no, that rumbles all the <laughs> those it's two icons
0: HD, have a lot of rumble. It's got H D rumble.
1: Yeah, some Well
2: it's
0: some
1: the first point. time I've actually seen this
2: happen.
0: Uh.
1: Yeah. I would imagine there's not a lot of places for rumbling to happen in uh Ryza. So
2: start of a battle with a giant dragon, that would be do that would do it
1: yeah that, that really punctuates the whole affair but yeah uh there's some like mild form of haptic feedback going on in the the joy cons so get used to it it's about to make uh any sort of trigger pull action on the ps5 and xbox series x completely miserable mm. Uh, let's see but yeah that's uh, that's that's all our strong wrestling video game opinions I mean wheels will one day play no mercy again and there will be no mercy <laughs> but otherwise we should probably close down because wheels brain has shut down to all but basic uh, function and I need
2: and I need to put the switch into the dock before it dies. So that's fair. Okay, catch up, guys, later. Okay, right.
1: see you later. later yeah. you guys. well, that's as good a signal as any for us to start closing out. Uh, as you can tell by this uh, uh, this entire harried affair. Uh, send us questions on the Discord or through the comment section, or even shout them at us while we. Uh, record and you may get you may get them. Uh, Wheels may also antagonize you about your favorite RPG series if you do this.
0: Uh, Only if it's Breath of Fire.
1: Yeah. Only if uh, you
2: antagonize him back.
1: Don't worry, he would he would probably pick that fight anytime time anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, questions in those usual places. Otherwise, see you, space cowboys.
0: Yeah.